Hello, and welcome to The Mother Pod, a podcast from the Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation designed by moms for moms to create conversations focused on staying healthy through the journey of motherhood. This is Kayla Thomas. It is October and Breast Cancer Awareness Month. At the Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation, breast cancer is a very important issue to highlight for a few reasons. First, there have been many updates and changes and recommendations for screening and diagnosis, and we think it's important for women to be empowered with the knowledge they need to positively impact their health. Second, it's personal to us. It is still the second leading cause of cancer deaths in women, and one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. Within our four walls at the foundation, we know this to be true, as our president and founder, Sue Ann Thompson, are Executive Director Tommy Thompson and our database evaluation manager Emily Sullivan have all been diagnosed and treated for breast cancer. We have highlighted the topic at our recent annual dialogue event and have other health education events on breast cancer with our Grapevine program. We'll give you details on how to find these free health education events at the end of the podcast. Today, we are excited to talk to Dr. Carla Pugh as she has invented exciting new technology to help improve breast cancer diagnosis. Let's talk. Dr. Carla Pugh is a general surgeon at UW Hospital and Clinics, and it is a member of the Department of Surgery's Section of Trauma and Acute Care Surgery. She is the principal investigator of the SENSE Laboratory at UW-Madison, or the Simulation and Engineering for Surgical Education Lab, which focuses on the use of simulation technology to assess and quantitatively define hands-on clinical skills. In 2014, she was invited to give a TED-Med talk on the potential uses of technology to transform how we measure clinical skills in medicine. With a strong passion Passion for science, technology, and education, Dr. Pugh has spent the past 17 years as an active participant in the development, investigation, and implementation of simulation technology for medical and surgical education. Dr. Pugh holds two patents on the use of sensor and data acquisition technology. She's the founder and chief scientific officer of 10 Newtons, a digital health company that utilizes a variety of sensor and motion tracking technologies, helping revolutionize how medical professionals learn to perform exams diagnostics, and surgeries. At the Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation, we recently purchased one of Dr. Pugh's breast self-exam training simulators, the Best Touch, to help women learn how to properly give themselves a breast exam. We know that early detection of breast cancer is our best protection and can drastically increase survival rates, yet only 25% of women perform breast self-exams. The team at Ted Newton's is on a mission to improve that statistic, and we're excited to talk to Dr. Pugh about how. Let's talk. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Pugh. We're really glad to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Um, Can you tell us what exactly is simulation technology? How is it impacting the medical community? Well, simulation technology itself fits in the realm of simulation. Simulation is the process of mimicking a real, real world environment or a scenario and most folks recognize it from air and air flight simulations. Ah, okay. So that's been in play for over 60 years. And the medical field um, is now in the past 20 years starting to use simulations. So we're still finding our way. Um, there are a lot of technologies in every clinical specialty, but we still have a long ways to go. Yeah. I mean, well, 20 years, it seems like a decent amount of time, but really relatively to other technologies. 
I feel like it's rather short. Yes. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, you invented the Best Touch Simulator, which stands for Breast Exam Sensory Training. Why did you choose to focus on breast cancer and self-exams with your invention? It was a logical progression. It was actually a challenge, to be honest. Our first simulator was a pelvic exam simulator, okay. and then the second one was for the prostate exam. And when you think about the pelvic exam and the prostate exam, those are internal examinations. And so we were very curious, how do you turn something that's not visible into something that's visible from a training standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so those were our two simulators that we started out with. And then someone said, well, why not the breast exam? I was like, well, because you can see what everyone's doing. And I said, well, it's pretty complex. And so that's when we did our first experiment. We built a, we built a breast model and we looked to see if the sensor technology could tell us what's happening and we were amazed. What kinds of things did you discover with your research? For the breast exam, the, the, one of our key findings is that, yeah, everyone does it differently, okay. but the most important factor is the amount of force that you use when you're doing the exam, or palpation pressure, to use medical terms. Uh, the engineers like the term force because we use sensor technology and it actually measures the exact amount of Newton's force that you are using when you do the exam. Is, where, do you, where did you have some of these research? Um, where did you perform some of your research? What, um, how, do, how do you enact it, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> You're saying where do I perform yeah, it or like, where? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. So we build the models in our lab. We either buy parts of them or we, and we build um, the models in our lab. And once we build several clinical scenarios, uh, four or five different patients, we then fly around the country to the medical meetings of interest for the physicians who do the exam in their practice. So surgeons do the exam, family practitioners do the exam, um, internal medicine physicians, you name it. And so we go to their annual meetings where thousands of them um, are attending and they line up by the hundreds and they do exams on our models, and we collect data on how they're doing it. And we have them also indicate on a clinical documentation form what the findings are. Okay, is there anything interesting about um, men versus women physicians that you've learned in your research? So that's hot off the press. We haven't really published this data yet, but when we did a deeper study, um, and we were working with a, um, a haptic specialist from Carnegie Mellon, and we wanted to partner with her to understand what it is that the experts do. So what we did is go into our database and of those 550 physicians that did over 2,000 exams, and we picked the physicians that got all four patients correct. They found the lesion, they described it appropriately. We picked those persons and then we looked at what it is that they do, what's their strategy, and there's a clear strategy in terms of what the experts do, what techniques they use. They don't use piano fingers. Okay. Um, men or women, those who are the experts who get it right every time, they don't use piano fingers. They all apply above 10 Newton's force, but there's a difference in the amount of time. Okay. So for women, they actually apply a little more pressure for the deeper lesions than men do, and they spend longer time doing the exam. 
Okay. So there are some differences. The science behind it, um, as we're reading more to understand this, is that there is science that says that just as you, everyone only has one heart and everyone has two lungs, that you have a fixed number of sensory nerve endings in your fingertips. And because women have smaller fingers, then they actually have to press harder and spend a little more time to process the information. Interesting. We're still looking into this. Yeah. Um, but what the implications is that the training for men and women would need to be different. Yeah, which is a very important it's detail extreme. to educate. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely important, and yeah. we never knew that in medicine. Yeah. That's fascinating. You, you spoke of 10 Newtons. So um, we know that's the name of your company, but can you tell us a little bit more about 10 Newtons? Why did you find the company and where do you see it going? So I, my, my first company was called Medical Teaching Systems and it was okay. really for intellectual property and it was for the first simulators that I developed, the breast and the, I mean, sorry, the pelvic and the prostate. Um, so I had a patent that related to performing internal examinations, and I gave a license agreement to one of the largest medical simulation companies. Um, it was Medi at the time, and they've now been acquired by CAE Healthcare, Canadian okay. Aerospace Engineering. All right. There's a link there with, with, with flight simulation, <laughs> with simulation, and yeah. now they have a healthcare division. And... What I realized over the years is that for a large company to then change their technology is actually a little difficult. Daunting, yeah. So I looked in our lab and we have all these simulators that are sitting on our counter that are ready to go. We've done the studies and we said, let's explore. Should we do this on our own? And we were awarded um, one of the discovery to product a startup grants from the University of Wisconsin and we went through the process you know should we start a company should we not and there was a full structured vetting and in the end we said yes let's do it this yeah. makes sense we understand what our product is who our customers are we did a number of stakeholder um, interviews and started to use the simulator in different venues up until that point we had only used the simulator with physicians and at our first women's wellness meeting, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. The over, it was an overwhelming response to the data, and it just confirmed not only do physicians want feedback, which we had started to learn over 17 years, but patients want it too. People want to know how to do the self-breast exam, regardless of recommendations, and if they're going to do it, they want to know what's the correct technique. It's such an important thing, um, especially when we're talking about breast cancer, you know, to, to be able to um, go over that. Can you give us an overview of how the breast self-exam simulator works? Like, how does it work and how do you see this positively impacting breast cancer? Well, we are programming it to be intuitive. So it could run, our goal is for it to run off of a cell phone. Right now we're using a Surface um, something that's portable, easy to use. We can build any breast scenario of any ethnicity, any size, mass, any density of breasts. So thickened, you know, tissue in the breast, lumpy breast, uh, dense breast. We can simulate all of those. So we can actually make a product or several products to the request of the user. 
all of those models have a sensor on the bottom, um, sort of what we call the rib cage or the chest wall of the model. And when you are touching, you get real-time feedback as to where you're touching and with how much pressure. So the programming starts with doing an exam, and then there's this iterative training and feedback that says press harder or you're doing it correctly. Yeah. And then you move on to the next step um, in terms of locating a lesion and then using the cursor to place a simulated lesion on the diagram on the computer that says this is where you found it. And then it tells you whether you're in the ballpark or not. So it's really iterative. There's feedback that's real time. And within 10 minutes max, five minutes for most people who didn't get it right in the beginning, they're able to figure out, wow, okay, I didn't know that that's how I was supposed to do it. Yeah. Why are, why are breast self-exams so important? Have you discovered anything in your research that links you know, to um, decreased breast cancer, or increased breast cancer diagnosis, I should say, or well, any other? It's, you know, there are studies there, and, it, and it's just very interesting. Um, there is conflicting information, and, and I think that it's confusing for women who are not researchers, who are not scientists, who don't read the literature. Mm -hmm. um, but the data shows that in, in a large survey of breast cancer survivors, so we're talking women who have gotten cancer, have been treated, 60% of those women had their cancers discovered by two methods outside of the mammogram. One of them was in the doctor's office where the doctor did the exam, a clinical breast exam with their hands, and 45% of those survivors found their own lesion, either because they do the self-exam regularly or they found it by accident in the shower, putting their clothes on, they're like, well, this doesn't feel normal. And so every time one of the large organizations say they question the utility and feasibility of the self-breast exam, all of those thousands, hundreds of thousands of women who have found their own cancers, they're up in arms. Um, I understand the financial implications and the reason they put the studies that say that you know, a number of women will find a lesion and then they end up getting more biopsies than necessary and it turns out to be negative. So that's the reasoning, and, and I think that people should understand that, but I think the women should have a choice, and they should be supported in what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And being educated on how to properly you know, enact a, a breast self-exam is so important so that you can actually find something um, on your own. As you said, 45% of women, that's how you, you find out. So you, if you're not doing it correctly, this is a perfect opportunity by using the best touch to figure out how to do that. Um, well, thank you for being here. I just want to say your accomplishments are beyond impressive. Becoming a doctor, a professor, you're impacting your profession with new inventions and being an entrepreneur. Where do you find your motivation and what advice would you give to women with similar aspirations? Motivation is definitely the team that I work with. Um, yeah, I'm very, very lucky to have yeah. the research lab that I have and uh, the engineers the partners uh, that I have that really have a passion for making a difference in healthcare. So it starts with the team. And then 
events like the women's wellness um, meetings that we've gone to in this event um, today that we're attending with the Women's Health Foundation, the Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation. It's the feedback from the audience, from those persons who come and actually interact with the technology and say, wow, I had no idea. Now I'm really encouraged to do this. I, I, I understand what it is that I'm supposed to do. So the feedback and the interaction, it's very personal and it's one-on-one -on -one and you really feel like you're inspiring someone to go out there and do the best for themselves and partner with someone else. So that's extremely motivating. Yeah, it yeah. Definitely is. We de at the foundation, we definitely know that education is so important, especially to empower women with the knowledge that they need to positively impact your health. And you are definitely doing that for women, so we really appreciate it. Um, can you tell us where we can find more information about 10 Newtons? www.10newtons.com. So we just made a website awesome. <laughs> and it's up and live as of midnight last night just oh, for this so meeting. So really active. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So visit right. the website, look us up, give us a call. Um, we are just ready to move forward and partner with everyone to, to get the word out. Um, we are coming out of our eggshell of being scientists in the research lab in the basement <laughs> to partnering with with everyone who, who's passionate about um, breast health. Well, that is exciting. And we really appreciate you being here. And uh, thanks again. Thank you. When it comes to breast cancer, we know that the best protection is early detection. And we want you to be empowered with the education you need to positively impact your health. To hear more from Dr. Pugh and watch the live stream of our recent annual dialogue where we discussed breakthroughs in breast cancer, you can head to our website, www.hf.org backslash dialogue. And if you have questions on what you can do to lower your risk of diagnosis, when you should be getting mammograms, or what you should do if you find a lump, come to one of our Grapevine program's free breast cancer health education sessions. To find an upcoming session in your area, visit our events calendar, www.hf.org backslash events. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to our channel to stay connected. Find The Mother Pod on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thank you for tuning into The Mother Pod. The Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation is a statewide nonprofit striving to innovate, impact, and improve women's health to help women and their families achieve their healthiest potential. For more information on The Mother Pod, our programs, events, or research initiatives, visit our website at www.hf.org. Until next time, remember, it all begins with a healthy woman.